a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to live, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I have an update to a story that we've been covering over the past few weeks now here on KSL News Radio. A story that started on October 6th and is the disappearance of Holly Cortier. You remember this story? Uh, she was dropped off by a, a private shuttle bus in Zion National Park on the 6th of October and uh, didn't emerge. It wasn't picked up later by the bus. Days went by, concern grew, a search and rescue effort was launched, and 12 days later, on October 18th, she was found by park rangers after they were alerted by a hiker or a visitor to the park. And various reports came later about her state of health. Her sister appeared uh, on various news outlets talking about uh, her physical her physical condition, the, the condition of Holly Cortier, the woman who'd been missing for 12 days. In fact, let's uh, hear just a bit uh, from an interview granted by, this is Jamie Cortier-Strong, the sister of Holly Cortier. She spoke with uh, CBS News uh, just last week saying that uh, what, what they have experienced or what they experienced during Holly's uh, disappearance and the time she was missing uh, was worst-case scenario. She would have died for sure if we wouldn't have found her. Jamie here explains what it was like when she first talked to her sister again. She was crying to me and saying, like, that she would just pray to be found. And then she talked about an injury sustained by her sister, Holly. She just said that um, she felt like she was dying a slow death. And this is her account of how the rescue came to an end. We knew she had that hammock with her and they spotted the hammock hanging in the tree. Um, and they called in a tip. And then lastly, before we turn our attention to the Washington County Sheriff's Department, or Sheriff's Office rather, here is uh, Jamie again describing lessons learned for Holly, her sister. When we explained to her how this is not a normal thing to do, you know, to you, you can go off the grid properly and not have people be concerned. I think she now understands that. She didn't mean to cause worry. During the duration of the search and rescue efforts, which lasted 12 days, uh, there was a GoFundMe page established. After it was realized that Holly was missing, a GoFundMe page was put up and uh, and it raised uh, around $15,000. Now, after she was found, after she was discovered and uh, brought back to safety, the GoFundMe page uh, it was halted. You know, you can kind of you can control those things from the back end. And what whoever it was driving the GoFundMe page did was they they set it so donations could no longer be received. 
and there was a note attached. Well, actually, let me read you the update. Once uh, Holly was discovered, here is the text, which was uh, almost instantly posted up to the GoFundMe page. It says that Courtier suffered from mental health issues in the past and went on her hike not in the best frame of mind. She did not intend for her trip to become a search and rescue effort. If Holly was not found when she was, she would have died, and any money raised would be used to reimburse the family and friends' costs during the search and rescue to cover medical care applied to Holly during her hospital stay as well as therapy costs moving forward. Uh, According to her sister, uh, Courtier checked herself into a mental health wellness clinic after she was found, and, and it reads that should any individual who donated to this effort, uh, require or desire uh, a refund, that that would be made in full without any objection from the family. Okay, so that's background. That That is, for the most part, information that you and I uh, all already knew. Then, then, there was an interview granted to ABC4 by a member of the Washington County Sheriff's Office, uh, Sergeant Daryl Cashin. And here, I just want you to hear some of what he had to say. And then this is all leading to a new new and official word from the Washington County Sheriff's Office, which uh, kind of puts an end to some of the suspicion and some of the investigations uh, that were called for by many. But here uh, are some of the claims made by Sergeant Cation. This uh, is him expressing some doubt about how she was found. There's a lot of country up there. If you go off trail... It'll be virtually impossible to find somebody unless they want to be found. Now, 12 days, the claim was that she did that without water. Here is Cashin doubting her ability to drink water. I'm saying if she'd been drinking that water, unless she had some really high immune system, she would have been very, very ill and probably unable to come out on her own. That's reference to a a river that ran near where her site essentially was, where that hammock was hanging, uh, where she was ultimately found. There are claims that there's some sort of algae, which is, uh, you know, damaging to the human body. Uh, Anyway, Cashin continues talking about one of the claims that Holly was able to walk out of the forest after her rescue. If it was significant enough to last that many days, there should have been some sign of that injury. And lastly, doubts about why she didn't tell anyone where she was going. There's just a lot of question with that. And I think the place where that question can be answered is probably with her. Okay. Now we have set the stage. It took a number of minutes to get to this point, but it has all been leading to a statement now released by the Washington County Sheriff's Office. It's a few paragraphs long. I'm going to read it to you, read it for you in its entirety. And when we get to the end, uh, hopefully this is the last word on this story until and unless we hear from Holly herself. On October 20th, this again, a statement from the Washington County Sheriff's Office. On October 20th, 2020, Sergeant Daryl Keshen spoke with a local media outlet regarding our agency's involvement in Zion National Park's missing person investigation into hiker Holly Courtier. During the interview, Sergeant Cation com- commented on circumstances of Courtier's recovery which were not consistent with our training and experience. These inconsistencies raised some questions as to the authenticity of the events as reported to law enforcement. In response to numerous media inquiries, the Washington County Sheriff's Office stands behind the observations and statements made by Sergeant Cashin. However, we feel it is important to clarify that we stand by our initial release that we were only involved in a consultation role. We fully support the findings of the National Park Service investigation and believe their investigation into the incident was thorough and well executed. 
Sergeant Cashin's comments, along with national media coverage, led to many additional questions and theories regarding the incident. Numerous tips have been received indicating the incident was possibly conceived and carried out as part of a plan to fraudulently generate money to a GoFundMe account for Courtier's recovery. Despite the thorough investigation conducted by the National Park Service, Utah State Code does not grant them the authority to investigate violations of Utah law. Based on our local authority and jurisdiction, the sheriff's office had an obligation to the public to investigate the criminal allegations which were being presented. Now listen up. This last portion of the press release released uh, just recently by the Washington County Sheriff's Office is the important point here. At this point in the investigation, there has been no evidence to support the theory that the incident was committed intentionally as an effort to achieve financial gain. However, we ask that any credible information submitted is based on tangible leads and or evidence which can be shared with investigators. The important line there, at this point in the investigation, there has been no evidence to support the theory that the incident was committed intentionally as an effort to achieve financial gain. That'll be the last time you hear about this story on this program until and unless we hear from Holly herself. Investigation, no wrongdoing. Next up, we're talking about Walmart. They're pulling the guns and the ammo off their shelves. We'll find out why on Live Mike Ahead. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.